you going to be okay? I don't know. Think you can do it? I mean, here I am. You you also don't know? I'm going to try. Michelle is so uncomfortable right now. I just, I'm... Uh, Welcome to Prosecco Therapy. Oh, hi. This is Prosecco This is where we get uncomfortable. This is not what I meant. Okay. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, Megan referenced an episode topic that we put a pin in because I was feeling squirmy about it. And here we are. <laughs> and I'm still feeling pretty squirmy in more ways than you might imagine. So I, I you start. This is your idea. <laughs> Go. Well, okay. <laughs> I will say what it is and then we can get into it. The word alone makes me squirmy. So if you also feel squirmy about the word when you hear it, just try to stick with us because we're going to do our best. <laughs> know that you are not alone. Michelle is right there with you. Yeah. I poured her a big old glass of Prosecco. Yeah. So I wanted to do an episode on incest, but not the dark side of it. Not like my father raped me and now I'm having his baby. Not that kind of shit. Yeah. I'm talking more about like situations where people who are first or second cousins or maybe not even DNA related, but were somehow raised around each other, decide to form a romantic relationship and get married and maybe have kids. And what I think is interesting about it is whether or not that's acceptable in society can vary by culture. Also, whether or not that is going to genetically produce a child that has issues also is questionable. Meaning, I think that some people believe that no matter what, it always will. And I don't, that's that's not not, necessarily the case. That's not how probability works. So if that's what you believe, then you're not a mathematician and that's fine. Well, I mean, not everyone is a mathematician. (laughs) Sure, or a geneticist. Anyway, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about how much of it is a social construct and how much of it is actually illegal or frowned upon because of the genetic and ethical consequences. Sure. So when you first mentioned this, you sort of framed it that way. But because that word is what it is, Mm -hmm. I immediately was like the, you know, bearing all the teeth emoji back at you like, yeah, because the word evokes that response. Right. And I immediately start thinking about the abuse side of all of that, you know, the non consensual ways in which that can happen. And because that's what we hear about more. I think, quite frankly, those relationships are the more frequent, unfortunately. Here in the United States or everywhere? Everywhere. Okay. Well, because sexual abuse and assault is fucking rampant around the world. So yeah. Okay. But that is not why we're here. And we are <laughs> we are recognizing that that is a huge piece of this topic. But we're talking about the yeah. smaller piece of it on this episode. Yeah. Today at work, I was uh, (laughs) just, you know, trying to get my head around this some more and said to my friend slash coworker, I said, I have a weird question for you. (laughs) If you think about this topic, is there any other word that can be used to describe that relationship other than incest that will make me feel better about talking about this topic? (laughs) So in other words, you were wondering, like, is it the taboo feeling associated with the word that's making me like squirm? Is there some other way that I can get comfortable? Yeah. And he's like, well, no, I don't think there is. But maybe that can be part of the discussion. Maybe you talk about why it is that that word makes you squirmy. 
Can I read you a quick little quote about the word incest from Wikipedia? Sure, I have an etymology right here as well. Okay, well, this, this is just on point. It says, The incest taboo is one of the most widespread of all cultural taboos, both in present and past societies. Mm-hmm. Most modern societies have laws regarding incest or social restrictions on basically blood marriages. In societies where it is illegal, consensual adult incest is seen by some as a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. So maybe the term consensual adult incest. The consensual part is key for me to feel okay about this conversation. That, that's, that's where I was driving. <laughs> yes. It's like, yes. Because we like the word consensual before adult. I like the word consent before anything. Right. Frankly. Consensual. Nobody's being forced. Adult. We're not talking about children. Incest you still don't like, but at least those two better <laughs> words are before it. Some good qualifiers to right. it. Okay. Okay. One of the things that my friend today was suggesting is that we like talk about basically where it went wrong for that word. At what point in history did that oh, become a taboo thing, right? The problem with that is that the word itself comes from the Latin word incestus, the general meaning of which is impure or unchaste. So <laughs> it started that right. way, right? It was derogatory from the beginning. So just as a definition, <sighs> here we go. <laughs> Incest is human sexual activity between family members or close relatives. This typically includes sexual activity between people in consanguinity, which means blood relations, or those related by affinity. So through marriage or stepfamily mm-hmm. or adoption. It is forbidden and considered immoral in most societies, and it can lead to an increased risk of genetic disorders in children. I do not have numbers on that, but that is true. You said something interesting there. You said affinity or adoption. Mm -hmm. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking, what is the thing about it? Like, let's say two cousins or two step siblings or something fell in love and decided they wanted to be together. Mm -hmm. What is the deep rooted thing that bothers people the most about it? And I... I'm guessing that it's the potential for genetic disorders in children. Not if it's by adoption or a stepfamily. Well, that's the thing is that so I think about, for example, Bobby Christina, uh, Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown's daughter, Mm -hmm. her boyfriend, when she was a young adult before she passed away, was a young man that was basically raised with her. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he was ever formally adopted, but... They took him in and raised him as if he was a child of theirs. Mm -hmm. So she grew up with this individual as close as somebody would with like a brother. And then as young adults, they entered into a romantic relationship. And I feel like people were kind of like, it's a little weird, you know, but they weren't as vocal about it as they would have been if they were blood related. I don't know. I mean, do you think it is that potential for a genetic defect that is so bothersome to people? Like, what do you think it is? Um, I think that's probably where that started, mm-hmm. but it has turned into more than that. I think that there's just kind of like this ick factor with what the relationship is, quote, supposed to be, you know, a family relationship, mm-hmm. sibling or cousins or whatever, whether by blood or not especially if you were raised with the person that, I don't know, it just has become this like, you shouldn't do that. And and I'm finding myself conflicted because I hate to just buy into the should or shouldn't narrative 
And I'm trying to figure out what it is that's making me so skeeved out about it, you know? It's one of those things that we've all been told since we right. were very young that is deep seated belief that we, yeah. most of us have. It's taboo. It's immoral. It's yeah. unethical. It's gross, you know. Which is interesting because historically it was very common. Mm-hmm. I found some little anecdotes here in ancient China, and I think this is the same in some places today in Asia. First cousins with the same surnames, so born to the father's brothers, were not permitted to marry, while those with different surnames could. Mm-hmm. And didn't you say that's the same in India today or parts of India? Um, no, that was part of Hindu culture. I oh, was sorry. reading. I was just looking at this while you were talking about that. In ancient Egypt, it says here, brother and sister, father and daughter, mother and son, cousin and cousin, aunt and nephew, uncle, niece and other combinations of relations within a royal family were married as a means of perpetuating the royal lineage. I had a whole other set of feelings about that, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it was historically done intentionally, but maybe that was before they realized the consequences of that. Maybe. Yeah. King Tut married his half-sister and was himself the child of incestuous relationship. Cleopatra VII, I guess I didn't realize how many Cleopatras there were, was married to two of her younger brothers. What? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Didn't know that. Ptolemy the 13th and the 14th. Her mother and father were also brother and sister. So Did she have children with her brothers? I don't know. Okay. Even that question made you uncomfortable. I don't know. You don't have to do it, Michelle. Oh, no, I'm not gonna. (laughs) I love you, Brian. Yeah, that ain't happening. Um, There was also a king, I believe a Spanish king. I can't remember his name, but there was basically so much inbreeding in that royal family that he was unable to chew his food because he had such a massive deformation in his jaw that his overbite was so huge that his teeth didn't come together in any way. Mm. Like, so it does happen. Well, Here. science is real. So well, yeah, we know that it can happen. It can happen. But think about like purebred dogs, show mm-hmm. dogs, you know, there's all, and this is maybe not a fair comparison to humans, but. Are you going to talk about being companion quality? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't going to, but just a reminder, folks. <laughs> Two companion quality ladies right here. No, the idea that there are so many breeds of dogs that have had these defects bred into them, like Mm -hmm. German shepherds who have such bad hips. And that's why people always say if you get a mutt from the pound, it's the healthiest dog. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I don't have any stats on the genetic abnormalities this can cause, but they are real. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that if that was a myth that could be debunked, science would have done that by now. Yeah. I'm curious to know what, you know, depending on the marriage, because I think it says cousins are 12 and a half percent DNA, common genetic heritage. That's what they share. Okay. Which is also consistent with what my 23andMe says. <laughs> but I am kind of curious, and maybe I'll just poke around while we're talking about this to see, let's say it was first cousins. Percentage wise, what is the likelihood when you share that much DNA of having a child with a genetic defect. Yeah, I, I don't know. One thing that I was thinking about in a couple of directions here. So do you think that a lot of people have trouble with the idea of this or think it's immoral or, you know, completely improper based on religion? I guess I'm speaking mm-hmm. specifically about Christianity right now. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I'm thinking Just gut reaction, what do you think people would say? Like, that's not okay with God. In the eyes of God. Right. 
I think that's something that people love to throw out anytime they're talking about family values sure. or cultural values. Sure. So can we talk about the beginning of mankind according to the Bible? <laughs> sure. That's on you because... I mean, you've read more of it than I have. Well, what I do know is that supposedly we all stemmed from Adam and Eve, correct? Mm-hmm. They had two sons. So let's let's do the math here. <laughs> that makes three men and one woman on the face of the earth. So then what happened? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We're all a product of inbreeding. Right. There are, I mean, if, you know, if you're in the Bible. Yeah. Yes. If you can see Alaska <laughs> from your house and <laughs> Jesus rode a dinosaur, then. <laughs> but there are a lot of instances of incest in the Bible, as it turns out. I just find it interesting that people might have this moral objection to it for religious reasons when that's something that was going on in their favorite book. Yeah, I think you're right. I also think, and I don't mean to jump around, I'm just kind of thinking out loud on this topic. If you don't know, then... If you don't know what? If you... Let me tell you a story. (laughs) (laughs) So before 23andMe... Even before Facebook and social media was a big thing, I knew this guy. His family was family friends with another family. They kind of like helped them out because it was single mom and a couple kids. Didn't know them super well, but kind of tangentially knew them growing up and would try to help them out things. And so when he was in college, his dad told him this girl, one of the one of the daughters in this family that he knew was interested in going to the same college she was going to come do like a campus tour and he wanted him to show her around because he was already going to school there. And he was like, okay, cool. They hung out that weekend and he showed her around and everything. And he kind of developed a little... Caught some feels. Crush, yeah, on her. They had a good time. It was really fun. And he was like, hmm, maybe there's something here, you know? Mm -hmm. Nothing happens, supposedly, (laughs) between them. Okay. Fast forward, maybe it was like another year or two later... Facebook is everywhere. They figured out through social media and connections and stuff that his dad was probably her dad. <gasps> and Scandal. at this time, the dad was kind of getting up there in age and he had a pretty distinguished job in the community. They approached him and said, so we think we've kind of figured this thing out. Are, are these children all your children? And he's like, yep. Was he just, like, having an affair with the neighbor? She wasn't a neighbor, but, yeah, he was having an affair. It did produce these two children. Then he has them, like, the families hang out together? It was things like (laughs) he would stop by their house around Christmas time and drop off Christmas gifts. Uh And his kids that he lived with thought, oh, our family's just, like, being kind and helping this family out. Because Mm -hmm. it was never really explained to them. Mm Mm-hmm. But I remember him telling me, like, I was horrified because I immediately thought about that weekend in college and thought, that's my biological sibling. And I didn't know that. And I could have hooked up with her, you know. And yeah, he didn't know. So does that make it better? (laughs) So this is another area where I feel conflicted about this topic, because as far as I'm concerned, yes, that does make it better. Sure. If you don't know. You're not going to be, like, cursed. <laughs> no. Okay, I sent you, when we started talking about this, I sent you this TikTok. This guy's name on TikTok is Jake Detton, D-E-Y-T-O-N, one. And he says that when he meets new people, and I assume this isn't, like, you know, 
Joe Schmo at the grocery store, but like he's actually getting to know people. Mm -hmm. He has four questions that he asks them to kind of get a sense of who they are and how they think and how they exist in the world. It's like something provocative. Like, hey, I'm going to throw this scenario out. Tell me how you'd react. Exactly. And this particular video only has this first question. And he essentially poses this scenario. Imagine your top number one celebrity crush, whoever that might be. Cole Hauser. Okay. I mean, I'm speaking for you. Thanks for reading my mind. You're welcome. So say you're in a bar and in walks Cole Hauser and sits down next to you and buys you a drink and you just fucking hit it off. All the magic is happening. All the magic. And he's like, so my apartment's just right around the corner. You want to come back with me? And you're like, fuck yeah, I do. And then as you're like on the way out, your sister walks in and she's like, oh, I see you met our cousin Cole. That's awesome. Or your long-lost brother, or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? In this scenario, assuming you cannot get pregnant, so there's no concern about the genetic possibilities with the child, do you continue on to that apartment? I think he also said, and guaranteed no one would ever find out. So it's basically just, I mean, I took it as like, could you live with it? Could you live with yourself? Would you you do it? Yeah. Could you live with it? I'm going to say yes, you could. (laughs) For Cole Hauser. (laughs) Continuing to answer for me. Well... But yeah. Am I right? I mean, the guy on the TikTok was like, I say time for some family bonding. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. How many drinks have I had? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly would say I don't know in the moment what I would do. I would probably freeze upon hearing that information. Uh-huh. And then it's kind of a question of, do you say, well, fuck it, because you know there won't be any consequences? Or are you like, mm, this is too weird for me, sorry. But like, you don't know him at all. You weren't raised together. Right. You weren't, this I, is a stranger. I, I think I probably would. Yeah, yeah. I think I would probably <laughs> yeah. go for it, but I, there would definitely be a, a little hemming and hesitation. <laughs> what about you? Same. Yeah. I really don't know because I, I want to be the open-minded enough person to say, fuck it. What are the consequences? There are none. Right. Right. And just be able to go do it. But you took away the two things that make it a problem. Right. Can't get pregnant. No one's going to find out. You know, those are the two things that make it so taboo is the potential for a pregnancy with genetic defects and people judging you because you're nasty. Well, (laughs) or so they think. They already think we're nasty, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's some kind of litmus test that I'm not quite passing and I don't like it. And I also don't know why I feel that way. It's just, I don't want to feel that way just because I'm supposed to, you know? I think we were all taught growing up to be very judgmental of people that make that choice. Yeah. It's illegal, right? So let's say- Well, depending where you are. Okay, true. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But- Let's say you met somebody who said, I went to jail for a month when I was 19 because me and my dumb buddy who was a bad influence robbed a gas station or something, you know, and then now they're 45 and have never been in trouble. So you'd probably be like, well, that wasn't cool. But obviously you've turned it around and I'm not really going to judge you for that. Right. But if somebody said... When I was 19, I dated my first cousin for a month and I'm 45 now. You probably would still be like, ick, judgment, judgment. And we're trying to like remove stigmas yes. and judgment. I don't want to judge it, but I kind of do. Around lifestyle choices yeah. and things. 
it's a lifestyle choice that is illegal in some places, not illegal in others. But this is the power of brainwashing, too. You know, conditioning is strong. There is an educational component to this, which is scientifically, you could create a child that has a genetic abnormality. Yeah. But then there's also the ick factor, right? Right. People are going to judge you. People are not going to like you. People are going to think that you're gross or unethical or never going to want to be associated with you again. Mm-hmm. Well, we did in preparation just watch the MTV True Life episode. I had my cousin's baby. Did we <laughs> It not? was some hard hitting research tonight. Ooh, yeah. I had seen that already. <laughs> And it was only made in 2016. Yeah, it's that's not the thing. That old. It, it wasn't that old. But these people, they detailed two couples, basically. And one of them was very happily together. These are first cousins, not siblings. They um, didn't know each other growing up. This couple, yeah. They didn't yeah. know each other. They got married. They have two little kids. And essentially, their entire families had sort of disowned them and just could not allow for that in their lives. And so these people were trying to leave town and move across the country. And these poor kids who thought they were moving from bumfuck Tennessee to L.A. and were going to be able to afford it. When it she was, says poor kids, she doesn't mean the two Not the kids. children. No, they <laughs> means the, I mean the childlike parents. Uh, well, they were like, what, 23 and 24? Yeah. It was kind of hard to watch. I, I just found myself thinking, like, why am I so icked out? Why? What is that? They did not know each other. But they did decide to go ahead and have the kids. Well, interesting, because I was more bothered by some of their ignorance around, like, finances (laughs) and life skills and parenting. Make no mistake, I was bothered by that, too. Than I was when they, like, kissed each other, whatever. I I wasn't, like, grossed out when they kissed. They seemed like a very happily married couple. Yeah that were very young and didn't have a lot of experience in life, but they were definitely completely boxed out by their families. Yeah. They were just sad. They were just done with them. The wife's mom, so her husband's aunt, (laughs) tried to... Well, if it's on that side of the family, I guess we don't know which side of the family it was. That's a good point. I thought that it was, but maybe I'm making that up. Anyway, she was sort of around, but even in the scene where we saw her, she did tell her daughter like six times, I don't like this, but you're my daughter, so whatever, I'm going to try to support you. Yeah. But, you know, she had those two little grandbabies, which nothing appeared to be wrong with them. And the um, wife did say that they talked to... Well, now, okay, (laughs) I know what you're about to say. (laughs) They talked to somebody. She (laughs) used the wrong word. Oh, I thought she maybe meant a genetic counselor. Michelle thought maybe she meant a genealogist. I think she meant genealogist because she ended up on the word geologist, which was, oh, yeah. But she (laughs) said that they were told that as first cousins, there is not a higher risk of them having a baby with a problem than if they were strangers. Which I don't believe is true. Yeah, we don't have the stats on that. We don't, but you mentioned, let's just get this out of the way, that it's legal in some places and not in others. So most places, it's not legal. In the U.S. specifically, there are two states where adult consensual incest is legal. 
New Jersey, where that age is 18 plus. Okay. And Rhode Island, where that age is 16 plus. Okay. Neither of them, though, permits marriage. So you can have the relationship. You can't. Oh, interesting. It, the relationship is not criminalized, but you can't get married. In the other states where there are laws making it illegal, mm-hmm. are those laws specific to marriage or is it just having a relationship in general? I think it's having a relationship in general and the penalties differ from state to state to state. I mean, um, what are the penalties? Like you're going to find somebody or <laughs> there's mean, jail time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of them had significant jail time. A lot of them had fines. Yeah, it was all over the map. The other one that I specifically wanted to call out is that in Georgia, the laws are limited to heterosexual intimate relationships. Oh, a fucking of course they are. Uh-huh. Talk about that's conflating whole... two issues. Well, that's a whole other thing to get into, though, because then you can't be talking about the genetic abnormalities component, right? So if you take that off the table, is there a problem? That is a very interesting question because then you're left with only the ick factor, but and legislating morality, you know, then is it fair, though, if same sex couples that are related are not penalized, but heterosexual couples that are related are? I mean, what if the heterosexual couple is sterile, don't want to have kids ever? What if they voluntarily sterilize themselves so that they can be together? So then what's the problem? Well, that's what I'm saying is like, then would people be okay with it morally? I don't think so because of the ick factor. Do you think part of it is if people grew up together in like a familial type relationship that it feels icky because then you're introducing a sexual romantic component into relationships that are supposed to be platonically loving. Yeah, maybe. But people still, even like this couple that we were just talking about that were first cousins, but they didn't really meet each other until they were adults. Yeah. If that was the case, then that's kind of like off the table because they didn't grow up playing together as cousins. I was going to say that about your friend that you were talking about. Right. I think if you meet someone who you have a connection with in some way, whether it's romantic or not, you know, there are people you feel drawn to. Mm -hmm. And it may very well be that you feel drawn to somebody because you do have relation to them. You know what I mean? Well, don't they say that... um People are drawn to people that look like them. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you said that. So we've all heard of Sigmund Freud. You know, we've talked about this. I know. I looked it up to see which episode it was because I wasn't going to come up with this number. And we did our daddy issues episode uh, number 88. Okay. And we talked about Freud and the Oedipus complex. Okay. Which uh, briefly, again, is essentially a phase of life of a young boy um, where he unconsciously wishes to have sex with his mother. Thank you. Dr. Freud. (laughs) So he, in like 1913, proposed that these taboos around this topic exist because we have incestuous urges that need to be repressed because inbreeding can bring about rare genetic mutations. Okay. That's the Freud side of things. Sort of opposite of that, a couple decades before, so in the 1890s, there was a Finnish sociologist named Edward Westermark who argued that people have evolved a biological mechanism to avoid incest based on familial resemblance or growing up with someone. So if you see someone who looks like you, 
you, under his theory, should not be attracted to them for fear of, you know, like oh, as, a, as a way to avoid the incest. So mm-hmm. some studies have been done sort of to those ends because those are pretty opposite scenarios that they're proposing. There was a study done of married couples in Taiwan, and they found that couples who had grown up together in the same families were less attracted to one another and had fewer offspring. So that would support Westermark's theory of if you're too close, you're going to repel, right? Hmm. But there have been several other studies that supported Freud's work. And this is an article from Live Science. It's actually from 2010. So it's pretty old, but it's called Freud was parenthetically half right about incest. It says there was a study published in 2004 in the journal Proceedings of the Royal Society of London. And people who were shown images of women's adoptive fathers were able to guess the spouses of those women based solely on the spouse's appearance. Oh, weird. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So they tended to choose spouses who resembled their adoptive fathers. Maybe that's because biologically we have this like inherent need to seek out safety and self-preservation. And if, if the person, yeah. person who raised you and fed you and kept you safe, hopefully, yeah, as they should, yeah. had that kind of an impact on you, then maybe you subconsciously gravitate towards people who resemble them. Yeah. Well, here's a few other studies that sort of confirm that. This was done by two researchers, one from University of Illinois and one from New Mexico State University. In one of the studies, students were asked to rate images of strangers for attractiveness, but unbeknownst to them, the images were preceded by subliminal snapshots of either the rater's opposite sex parent or someone unrelated to them. The students rated the images more attractive if they were shown an image of their opposite sex parent first. So Hmm. the second experiment they did, the researchers created images by morphing different faces together. Some students were shown faces that were morphed with their own face by up to 45%. And the more the face resembled their own, the more attractive they rated it. Wow. I know. That's very interesting. Yeah. So Freud wasn't totally wrong, apparently. But but there's still no real answer, like, because the theories about it are at odds. Did you know that in the UK, it's not illegal to have a sexual relationship or marriage to your first cousin? I did not. You're saying first cousins are free, too. Yes. And I was just looking at this article from The Independent in the UK from 2008, There's nothing wrong with cousins getting married, scientists say. Hmm. And so just read you a portion of it. The risk of giving birth to babies with genetic defects as a result of marriages between first cousins is no greater than that run by women over 40 who become pregnant, according to two scientists who call for the taboo on first cousin families to be lifted. Huh. Women in their 40s are not made to feel guilty about having babies, and same should apply to cousins who want to marry, said this professor. So they're basically saying, you're not shaming women who are over 40, and well, some people are, choosing to have children. You're saying not shaming based on that particular factor. Right. So um, I think they're trying to say it's legal because it's fine, because maybe the risks are higher. Yeah. But it's no higher than like someone who's 40 something having a child. It says the risk of birth defects rises from roughly 2% in the general population to 4% for first cousins. And that's one of the reasons that they say 
it would be a mistake to ban it hmm. because it's very similar to other scenarios like you know the women over 40 thing yeah similar statistically hmm. this site that i found that has all the info about the laws around the world and in this country i think that they must be talking more about sibling relationships than cousin relationships because on the u.s laws part it says second and third cousins are free to marry in most states and first cousins are generally allowed to have relationships hmm. so looking at the legality around the world it's interesting how it's not just talking about whether it's legal or not. It says it's legal in Belgium, China, France, Japan, Latvia, Portugal, South Korea, and then in Russia and Turkey, though marriage is prohibited for those two. And then it talks about it's legal for adults only in several countries, Argentina, Brazil, except they consider adults 14 and over <laughs> Israel, 21 and over Ivory coast, Netherlands, Philippines, marriage prohibited, Spain and Thailand, 15 and over. Legal unless it provokes public scandal. Want to guess what country that is? Oh, God. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Take a guess. <sighs> Russia? <laughs> no, I already said Russia. Oh. Italy. Oh. Apparently it's legal unless it provokes public scandal. Seems very subjective. Yeah. Legal between two consenting adults or consenting minors, but not the two together. Lithuania, Serbia, and Slovenia. Legal for same-sex adults in Ireland and Germany, though marriage is prohibited there. And then varies by state for Australia and the United States. Okay, so going back to the True Life episode that we watched, mm -hmm. the hard-hitting research. Obviously. <laughs> there was a second couple that had some other problematic things going on, but they were also first cousins. Yeah. And she was going to have his baby. And she said, you cannot help who you fall in love with. Mm-hmm. You are more of a romantic than I am. Indeed. Tell me what you feel about that statement in that context. <sighs> Given that it was her voice that kept saying, I'm just keeping <laughs> it in the family over and over. <laughs> that made me cringe. Oh, God. Each time. I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel morally conflicted. And I don't know why it's moral. Like, I, if, if you're telling me that the science says that it's really not much more likely to have genetic defects, then I have to take that off the table, right? So then the thing holding my reaction together is the ick factor. So I don't know. I mean, I, I do. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't think she's totally wrong that you can't help who you fall for. Sure. To some degree. However, she was 20 years old <laughs> and I am 43. <laughs> and I have learned over time, as will she, <laughs> and I think she learned that during filming, or at least started learning about it, that regardless of the romantic feelings you might have, the attraction you might have, the connection you might feel, that does not conquer all. It does not take away a lot of other issues that you might have mm -hmm. as a couple or in your life or whatever. It, it's not true that all you need is love. So yeah. as much as I hate to fucking say that, that is the truth. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that it's a naive thing for her to say, because I think it's a lot more complicated than that. And, you know, she was 20. So, well, I mean, it may be true that you can't help who you fall in love with, right? but you can help who you get involved with. You can still make decisions mm -hmm. about yes. whether or not you're going to pursue that relationship. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you related to that. 
is that we watch these two couples struggle because their families were not supportive of their decision. Mm -hmm. What if it was your child that was choosing to have a romantic relationship or a marriage, you know, or children or whatever with a cousin or a stepbrother or, you know, whatever. Do you think you would be able to turn your back on them? No. Turn my back on them? No. Okay. I might end up more like the mom that was like, well, I don't like it, but I love you and I'm going to support you and I'm going to be here for for you. You'd be like, I guess we're moving to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am like having anxiety at that question because I want my answer to be one thing and I don't feel like I'm able to say that answer. Like I would want to be just like accepting and like, okay, yay, it's fine. Do Be you, do what you want. <sighs> but I don't think I can. <laughs> What if it was same gender? Just throwing random scenarios. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I would have a lot of work to do on myself in that There'd scenario. There'd be some therapy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, like I started this by saying, like, I don't like my response to this. I don't like that I'm feeling conditioned. This way. Yeah, that I'm feeling this way because of the conditioned ick. I don't like it. Well, honestly, that's sort of one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode because... I remember watching, I mean, I saw a few other things too that triggered my memory. And I started thinking about this true life episode. And I remembered watching that years ago. And this gal saying that they had talked to somebody. (laughs) Geologist. (laughs) I thought it was a genetic counselor. But anyway, um, (laughs) who had told them that, you know, statistically, it's not really a higher risk of them as first cousins having a baby with health or genetic problems. Then I was like, oh, interesting. So is it just like a social construct then? And also knowing that in other countries, it's not as big of a deal. It's just really interesting that if something is perceived as being so morally wrong, why in other parts of the world, it's perfectly fine and no big deal. But well, you know, I, that's the case with anything, you know, like, yeah, like we can drive cars here and show our faces. And in some parts of the world that right. is fucked up. So yeah, you're right. Um, and, you know, I don't know, you know, the countries I was listing earlier where it's legal, I don't know how common it is. Right. I don't think that it's something that happens all the time in other places. And I don't think that it's common anywhere and certainly not legal in most places still. But I, I don't wouldn't know. be surprised if there was some places where it was fairly common, especially I mean, if it's a place where there are still a lot of arranged marriages and they're trying to protect lineages and stuff yeah. like that. Or it's like a small island nation and they just don't have a lot of people to choose from. <laughs> like the Blue Lagoon. Yes. <laughs> now, let's talk about... Let's talk about entertainment because we need to wrap this up soon. But there are lots of references. Didn't Jerry Lee Lewis marry his first cousin and she was only 16? Yeah. And they had kids. Yeah. I mean, there's so many instances of this. Woody Allen, you know, married his stepdaughter. and That's right. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's start talking about some of that. Okay. Well, I have a list here of, have a tea party. of fictional oh. ones, like in, in movies and books and, you know, in stories that we may know, like Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> Good old V.C. Andrews. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, do you think that there are people who don't know what Flowers in the Attic is? Probably. Yeah. I mean, not old. everybody is a 40-something-year-old white chick. <laughs> That is true and fair. <laughs> it says the essentials. This is, sorry, this is a an article from uh, HuffPost that was written in 2014. 
13 incestuous pop culture couples with cringeworthy chemistry. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, about Flowers in the Attic. They don't even know what we're talking about yet. <laughs> Give me a second. No, no, no. Wait. Okay. Even before you say it, I think this is a fair point. We're talking about people that have a choice for like, like there's a whole sea of individuals out there to pick from. And they're making the choice to be with somebody who's a relative. Oh, I see. And in Flowers in the Attic, they only had each other because they right. were in an attic. Right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> like the people from the Blue Lagoon that were, right. you know, on an island. So they were siblings slash lovers, it was seemed like. Yeah. So anyway, I think okay, it's a I little you. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's true. But there are so many references. Like in Star Wars, Luke and Leia had, totally. some, had some kissy kissy time. And I guess they didn't know they were siblings yet at that point. There it is again. Right? That, is it less gross when they didn't know? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And that right there tells you how much of it is just a condition. Exactly. Um. So you never really watched Game of Thrones. Not really. I watched a couple episodes. Yeah. There is some very serious twin cyst. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then they have kids. Let's see what else. Remember Cruel Intentions? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Sarah Michelle Gellar and uh, Ryan Phillippe are all hot and heavy. Yeah. But they were step-siblings. Yes. That's sort of what we're talking about, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, Clueless. Cher and Josh. Yep. Paul Rudd looking the same then as he does now. <laughs> But I do recall that they made a big point, like there was a line in the movie where she was like, you were only married to his mom for, you know, right. two years or whatever it was. And, and he I was away like, at college or something. Like, yeah, they yeah. wanted to clearly make it. Yes. They, they wanted to reduce the ick factor. Yeah. Um, I was a little young for the Brady Bunch, but I do remember in pop culture this being talked about. So obviously the Brady Bunch is a blend, you, blended family. What do you mean you were a little young for the Brady Bunch? I watched the shit out of the Brady Bunch growing I mean, up. It was on in syndication when we were growing up. Like it was on, but it wasn't first run. We weren't catching it brand new. Oh, I guess I didn't know, but we watched it. Well, a lot. maybe in Montana it was the first time it ran. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you might be right. I know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in a very Brady sequel, Greg and Marsha, the oldest siblings, oh, right? I forgot about that. They get it together. But that was, that's a total parody of the show. Well, it was them. It was the same actors. It was a movie. They were, they were making fun of it, though. Did you watch it? I guess not. Okay. Because <laughs> I did. Okay, fine. Anyway, there's a movie. This is the last one I'll mention. And then if you want to think of some other real ones please please let us know <laughs> there's a 1996 western mystery film called lone star that was chris cooper chris christopherson matthew mcconaughey elizabeth pena and it's a sheriff investigating the murder of his predecessor i think okay in this small texas town the sheriff, as a young person as an adolescent he knew this other character uh, played by elizabeth pena so growing up, they knew each other and they kind of hit it off. But their parents always said, like, this is a bad idea, but never told them why. Right. And then as adults, he moves back to this town, becomes the sheriff. They reconnect. They fall in love. Mm-hmm. I think it's very clear that, like, there won't be any children coming from this. And so when they find out that they are, in fact, half siblings, they decide to continue their relationship. Okay. I th- You know, the movie's about this mystery, but that's another piece of the whole thing like Uh it's kind of this side plot right yeah there's like this deception that it was kept from them that they're related seems like not their fault well right but so that's the scenario with the celebrity like going back to the apartment except that in this case everybody's gonna know 
Right. But you're not going to have kids out of it. So what do you do? So let's imagine I'm creating a scenario for you. This is also fictional. Okay. You meet a couple through another friend of yours. Your kid's in the same team or karate class or whatever. Sure. You're all at a barbecue and then you get to know this other family. Those people are fun as fuck. Like that's a really cool couple, like their kids. Everything about them is great. And then after maybe say a year of knowing them, your friend just casually says to you one time, oh, well, yeah, I mean, because they're cousins. And you're like, what? I thought you just said they were cousins. And they say, yeah, I did. They're, they're actually first cousins. Do you think that getting to know them first before knowing that fact about them would make it feel not as icky? That you would be like, oh, weird, huh. but I already know them. I already know I think they're really cool, amazing people, and right. I really like their family. Yeah. Something to think about, yeah. right? Because if you wouldn't shun them or judge them or treat them differently after you get to know them without having that information, mm-hmm. why is it okay to do it before? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think you're right that I think that I would have an easier time accepting that than hearing about some strangers or just there's this other family at school and oh my God, have you heard about the Joneses or whatever? Um, Yeah. Brene Brown has this quote, people are hard to hate up close, lean in. Mm. So the more you get to know somebody, the more commonalities you're going to find with them, even if you have fundamental disagreements about a lot of things, right? That's an area I'm working on. But but I think that that speaks to this because- sure. If you've already gotten to know them and you think they're good people and you appreciate them as humans, then it's going to be easier to accept that as a choice. Also, it has nothing to fucking do with you. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, it's one thing to have these scenarios that you put yourself in and like, could I do it? Could I be okay with it for my kid? Could I whatever? But like, here's this other family who's life has no bearing on my life mm-hmm. in terms of those kinds of choices anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, can they play a good game of cards against humanity? Because <laughs> that will make me want to not hang out with them if they suck at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. So, so, okay. So I'm going to modify this story a little further. Okay, shit. So let's say, you know, you get through all that. You kind of accept it. You're like, well, okay, it's what it is, you know, whatever. And then a month later, your kid says to you, I heard that John and Sarah, or, you know, whoever. Jones. Jones. Right. Are first cousins. What do you say to your kid? And do you think it would be different than what you would have said to him if you didn't know that family beforehand? Um, Yes, it would be different, I think, than if I didn't know them before. Until I do that therapy work that I need to do to figure (laughs) out how to get right with all this. Uh, I have no idea what I would say. Honestly, I mean, I, I think that you would probably say that's true, but give and sorry, (laughs) that's true. And give the reasons why you're okay with it and why you think it's well fine to be okay with it. I I will say that I definitely believe and preach to my children that families come in all shapes and sizes. The family does not mean one thing. Right. So. So I'm just doing these little exercises to help us and like maybe somebody listening think about why would you act differently if you know the people versus if you didn't. 
Why would you well, judge people you didn't know? And- why would anybody do that in any scenario? Because that is the state of the fucking world right sure. now. That is exactly what we all do with but everything. I, but I do think a lot of it is conditioning too. Though, 100%. You know? yeah. Like it's very easy to judge somebody for something, you know, some kind of personal view or religion or anything like that. Yeah. And then if you met somebody and you thought they were really nice and you had great conversations with them and then you found out that they were Jehovah's Witness and on, they spent their weekends knocking on people's doors trying to get them to Ooh, sign up. I, I don't mean, know about like, that one. It, yeah, but I mean, it <laughs> makes you think about it differently. Like the quote that you said. I know, I, I know. Quote. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I draw my line with that at people whose beliefs harm and oppress other people, right? So sure. for me... I'm not going to lean in and learn to love somebody because it's hard to hate up close when their actions in the world are hateful mm-hmm. already. So that's just a non-starter. But I don't believe that someone loving their cousin falls into that category at all. No. So. Well. Can I stop now? Are we done? Yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> Thanks. You made it through. I'm going to cry. I <laughs> I think it's a very thought-provoking You're thing. right. It is. And and this wasn't as painful as I thought it would be. I just really, I had the squirm. I had the... The ick I, I just, I hate the word so much because it just evokes much more negative things than what we were talking about well, for me. Remember, we're using consensual yes. adult incest. Ugh. Not... <laughs> Still the word. Non-consensual. Yes. No, Don't even say it. You know. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. Sorry. Don't do it. Okay. Well, thank you for challenging me. You know, I always appreciate Thank that. Thank you for being willing to do it. Of course. I hope you all stuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe next week we're just going to talk about marshmallows and clouds. <laughs> I don't know. This, by the way, episode will come out right before Christmas. Aww. So Merry Christmas, everyone. There's um, a big gift for y'all. You could maybe do the TikTok <laughs> challenge thing at your Christmas dinner table. Oh, please. <laughs> I'll link that in the show notes and make sure you ask everyone at Christmas dinner. Including Nana. Or whatever holiday you celebrate. Let's be all inclusive about our incest talk. We don't want to oh, God. <laughs> rule anybody adult else. incest. Okay, enough. Okay, Bye. Michelle can't take it anymore. I'm going to get in a hot tub. So um, <laughs> please like and review and rate. And what do I say? I'm very frazzled right now. Frazzled and fragile. Help me. Rate, review, subscribe, <laughs> buy all our shit on T Public. Yes, we're um, on Instagram. You can email us at cheers at prosecotheory.com. Are you married to your cousin or your stepbrother? Tell us about it. Yeah, we want to know. Do you want to come on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Let's talk to you. Um, you can be anonymous if you like, but man, I've got questions. <laughs> and I want to get to know you so that I don't feel icky about it. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, we better get out of here before Michelle passes out. (laughs) Oh, God. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.